Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back. It's a new year. I uh, took the week off last week and the week before holidays and just an overall quarantining in my homestead is I just didn't have like the the energy to do things at all. So we're back though. It's 2024. We have a new episode here. I am joined by returning guest Monica. Thank you so much for jumping on the call with me here. Um, this is a topic that that you had presented to me and, and something I'm, I'm really excited to to dive into here just because um, we, we've talked about transitioning from education into to new positions and if you have any questions on that, we've done past interviews, including one with Monica, where we kind of discuss different fields you can get into, what, what you can try to do from that. But what you had presented to me, and I think one of the things that's often overlooked is that preparation, not just in terms of researching the job titles, researching the company them, themselves, but researching those skills, the the language, you know, things that you have to be prepared for. Because, you know, even in my field now, um, you know, going from recruiting to recruiting, going from industrial to healthcare, I need to learn a whole bunch of new terms. And, you know, what's the difference between an LPN, RN, all of that kind of stuff. And now the different, you know, systems, softwares that, that we need to, to be ready for. So it's another good thing that, that anyone can be prepared for transitioning from, from any industry to something new is, is overwhelming. But specifically going from the classroom to something in corporate, something in sales, there's a lot of preparation to do there. So I'll pitch that question to you to start off, Monica. So when you were kind of making that transition and, and doing the research yourselves, what were some of those things initially that you found like, what is this that I need to really be prepared to know about because it's all through the job description. So, um, you know, what, what were some of those things that, that initially stood out to you as requiring a, a little bit more extensive research? Yeah, thanks for having me back. back. Um, super excited to be here and talk about this. I did. I had approached you about this because I think that when I had started my own transition, I felt really lost in seeing so many people talking about learning how to translate your skills and what that means. And I, it took me a long time to kind of figure out and get my footing in that. But once I did, and it started to make sense to me, I was like, I have to get this out. Like I have to tell people about it. So I appreciate you having me on today to uh, kind of go with my crazy idea. Um, but what I realized when I really started getting traction in my in my job search was that the important the most important thing was kind of actually treating it like you would treat a lesson plan. Okay. Um, and that in the sense that when you actually teach the lesson, that's kind of one of the last steps that you go through. There's a whole lot of work that you have to do before you teach the lesson. And I was focused so much on that point of like, oh, teaching the lesson that I, in the beginning, I had ignored all of the pieces that were leading up to it. So that's really what I want to touch on today is how you can, how you're approaching your job search and learning how to translate your skills kind of through that, that lesson plan sort of approach. So what that meant for me, um, mostly was thinking about, you know, kind of in, 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 um, in teaching, right? You have your PLC questions. What do we want the students to know? How are we going to know it? And all of that kind of taking that lens with your own job search um, and thinking about 
the skills that you are going to need to know and to understand and to do in order to be successful at the job. And what I realized was the more that I learned about the skills, the more my mindset about the skills shifted and the more my persona went from I'm a teacher to I'm a customer success manager or I'm a sales uh, sales development representative. Um, so that was my approach is realizing that when I was able to really hone in on the skills, to understand what the skills meant, to be able to draw parallels between the skills, that's when I took on that persona of I'm not a teacher anymore. I'm this now and I can be competitive in this market. Okay. So when when you're saying that and it's kind of changing your persona, how did that then impact your interview prep? Because that's kind of where a lot of people get caught up is just preparing for interviews. I've had people tell me before they were taking entire days to just get ready for for one, you know, 30 minute interview. And, and you know, if, if that's what's best suiting to you, I'm not going to tell anyone to change the way they do things. But in terms of giving people insight, what's worked for you, how did that kind of click for you then in terms of how you were now re-looking at your interview prep, knowing what you were knowing with the transferable skills, translating that uh, and changing the, the way you were preparing for, for each sit down for different job titles and, and different um, areas of pursuit. The most important thing that I did for myself, I utilized chat GPT. And that is how I know it's not perfect, but what it did is it just, it gave me that unbiased look into here's big picture, what I should be thinking, like the, the track that I should be on. Um, so what I would do is I would go out to chat GPT um, and I would, I would prompt chat GPT and I would say, what are the key skills of a blank in blank industry? And I would get a list of probably 15 to 20 key skills. And when I saw that list of key skills, what I did is I copied it over into a Word document and I went skill for skill and just sloppy copied down. What have I done that is like that? You don't have to have done that exact skill, but you need to be able to say, I have done something similar in in context to this skill that if I were asked about this skill in an interview, I could say, this is like this mm -hmm. in my experience. So I did that. I went out, I asked, I asked chat. Uh, chat GPT to prompt me with that list of what are key skills. After I did that, I prompted again and I would say, what are key terms used in blank role in blank industry? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it would populate with a similar list. Most of the time it would populate with other lists. So this with another list that was more specific terminology so then I would take that, copy it over, and I would start off just bulleting a single, you know, four or five words, uh, you know, for each skill or for each term that would prompt my memory in saying that, okay, I've done something similar to this. Mm -hmm. And when I was able to do that, what, what I really started to notice was that that's when I, like my persona changed. Because at that point, I wasn't thinking like a teacher anymore. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. I wasn't thinking that my teaching experience is this. I was thinking, okay, if I'm going into this industry over here, this is how I'm going to be successful over here. And this is what I've already done in my past that can help me get over to this other industry. And it really helped me, especially when I was learning to write resumes, uh, understanding, you know, how to word things, how to make it, how to make myself stand out as a qualified candidate, even though I didn't necessarily have, you know, sales development representative on my resume. I knew, okay, have I made outbound calls before? Absolutely have done that to parents, right? So I can use that on my resume and I can use the word outbound or a cold call or a cold email. Um, I can use, you know, one of the, one of the terms that's used in sales is uh, looking at like a, a tiering structure, right? Um, and qualifying a lead. Well, have you qualified uh, a kid before for additional services? Have you had to take a look at your class and form small groups? Very similar, mm-hmm. right? So thinking, so being able to take that language, relate it to language I was familiar with and kind of mesh that together is when everything changed for me. Okay. So with that being said, and and the research that you went into, obviously, I don't expect you to remember everything that translated from classroom to the different positions that you put in. But I think, you know, utilizing AI and chat GPT is certainly something that's becoming more popular now with some of the the people in the job search market. Um, Spoiler alert, in a couple of weeks, we'll be having a panel discussion on that. Um, But in terms of then what you found the most common transferable skills from education, what were some of those main ones that you saw popping up frequently that expanded across a few different job functions as opposed to being specific for like L&D or instructional design or ed tech, things like that? The biggest one, so I was going for customer success roles and sales development representative roles. Mm -hmm. The biggest one that I found for both of those roles, hands down, is time management and organization. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking at time blocking, how how are you managing your week? Well, guess what? As teachers, you have, at least elementary teachers, I guess high school too, um, you have to time block your day. You have one hour with the kids. You have you know, 75 minutes of a math block. How are you, how are you chunking out your day? So that was, that was the biggest one for me was realizing that every single job that I was looking at required some sort of a, of a time management kind of piece. Uh, gosh, what else? You got me on the spot. Time management was a big one. Uh, just overall organization. How how do you stay organized? How do you stay on top of your emails? How do you stay on top of this? That was a big a big transferable skill. And then the other the other really big one that it didn't necessarily come up on Chat GPT, but it's come up in my everyday life is learning how to kind of just manage different personas. Mm-hmm. Whether just customers, right? You have students every single day who you have to take a completely different approach with every single student every single day. It's the same way when you're dealing with a customer, and it's a it, uh, um, same thing with a parent. You have 
some parent personas that are super engaged, some who might not be learning how to pivot on a dime with those kinds of things in those customer facing roles is huge. And so that one is, is something that didn't necessarily come up in chat GPT, but it is my day in and day out every single day. Yeah, absolutely. So then on the other side of that, when it came to the interview prep, how did you try to utilize this research that you had done, not just to be prepared for the questions that you were going to be asked, but some of the, the advice that I give to anyone who says, what should I do in preparing for an interview is always kind of have that list of four or five questions that you want to ask that are important to you when you're you know, turning the tables, interviewing the interviewer, because obviously some of those questions will get answered along the way. I get that a lot. You answered all of my questions during that. And that's fine. You know, if, if that happens, it happens. But how did you try to use what you had learned through your research, through the inputting that into ChatGPT and saying, these are some questions now that I need to ask at the end of this to not just answer what I need answered, but also show that I've done my research, done my homework, and I'm prepared to discuss this role. I really found in my interview prep, I don't want to say that I took like copious amounts of times to interview prep. I, I truly didn't because by the time that I had put in the work to analyze using chat GPT, analyze the skills needed, analyze the key terminology to write my resume using those things, I really, by that time, had a pretty good grasp on what I was walking into and what I felt comfortable talking about in the interview. So at that point, what I ended up doing when I was trying to figure out, well, what questions do I have is I targeted it to the things that I knew I couldn't find on Google, mm -hmm. right? So for example, I was talking when I would, when I would do the recruiter screen, I kind of had my own set of questions that, that I, I wanted to make sure that I got out of the recruiter screen. I wanted to know the timeline for hire. I wanted to know the, not just the timeline for hire, but the process in general, general advice for what is this going to look like moving forward? Who might I be interviewing with? What their roles are? What is the company hoping to get out of this? So I had like a list of things that I was going to ask the recruiter. And then when I would go to the hiring manager, I would try and gear my questions to the hiring manager as actually one of my favorite questions was, what are some current roses and thorns mm -hmm. experiencing? And it's really interesting because I asked three different hiring managers that exact same question. And every single hiring manager started with the thorns first. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, yeah. but I like that because that's not something that you can find on Google. Right. Um, I always wanted to know about the team, like with the hiring manager, I always wanted to know who am I going to be working with? What are their strengths? And what are you expecting this part? What, what critical skill gap are you looking to fill with this role? Mm -hmm. And so that was also another good one. Um, and with the panel interview, I did a panel interview with Phenom, ended up getting hired. Love it there. Incredible company. Um, but with my panel interview, that was my time to just poke, like poke holes in the company and say, what am I, what, what, what am I missing? Mm 
Mm -hmm. you know, everything is great right now. What can I expect coming in now? Right. I've gotten to this point. I'm interested in you. You're interested in me. What can I expect on my, on my first day? What is something that, and I even asked them, what is something I'm not going to find on Google about the company? Okay. Right. And so that was the way of, that was my way of performing research and, and figuring out what do I want to ask these people is I, I don't want to, I can go look at news articles. Anybody can go look at news articles. You can put anything in chat GPT and it's going to, it's going to prompt you back. So thinking about the things that you can't find out there that only the people on the inside would know, that's what, that's what really pushed me along and helping me decide whether the company was going to be a right fit. Okay. Now let's fast forward then to first day, you know, first day jitters are always there, no matter what field you're in, it's back to school all over again. So, you know, as you went through this preparation, not just for the resume crafting, the interview, but for first day, how can I be as prepared as possible stepping into this, um, you know, and, and going from one industry to something completely new, you know, spoiler again, you won't be prepared. There's going to be things that you're going to be learning daily. I'm still learning. I've been here almost three years now. So, um, you know, but doing the research that you did, you know, with the level of preparedness that you have, what are some of the ways that that kind of eased those first day jitters for you a little bit? Cause you weren't kind of deer in headlights. You knew what they were talking about. You were kind of ready for some of these expectations then. That is a, it's really funny that you're asking this. Uh, I feel like I went completely opposite from what I was doing before. My prior role, I was the elementary math content specialist for uh, the eighth largest school district in Florida and worked with 49 elementary schools, helped drive the bus on math initiatives. And that was my role. I went completely opposite into HR technology as a sales development representative. Mm -hmm. And so talking about like the extreme pivot, I still feel like I have whiplash every single day. Um, And so it's funny that like you're asking me this because I thought I escaped education without teacher trauma. And I feel like in the very first week, I was like, oh, wait, I I did not escape education without teacher trauma. I am, you know, I am that overachiever. I'm not the person to take breaks. My managers are telling me every day, Monica, please get up from your computer and take a break. Take an hour for lunch. And I I can't make sense of that. Um, So it's it's funny. I I think my first day and and what I continually fall back on is the fact that I had done the research and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt in my head and in my heart that I have the skills to be able to perform well, even on the days that are hard, I'll full meltdown this week, right? Um, Trying to put all the puzzle pieces together. I still know through the difficulties that I did the work already. I laid myself a foundation. I know my skills are there. And now it's just a matter of like taking that rock and tumbling it into a diamond. Mm. Right. And so that's kind of where that's where my mindset is. And that's what's really helping me get through the hard things. I know it's there. I have incredible support 
I have never, um, you know, in education, you, you don't have one-on-ones, right. right? Like you don't, you don't have a one-on-one unless it is in a, in an evaluative setting. Right. And so I have a weekly one-on-one with my manager. I have the most incredible support. I have people on Slack every single day saying, Hey, how's it going? What can I help you with? And so knowing that I, knowing that the skills are there is, is huge for me. Um, you're going to have times, any transitioning teacher. And like you said, Matt, every single day, you kind of still feel like, Oh, what's, what's going on. You're going to feel like that. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. Your skills are there. So you have to believe and you have to trust in that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to rely on that, like that you've already built that strong foundation through your research, through your interviewing, through, you know, just your general learning about your new role. You have to know that your skills are there and that the struggles that you might be going through, uh, they are just a matter of remolding those skills into where you're at currently. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. Now, of course, yeah, uh, Matt and Monica episode, if we did not have the Disney question sprinkled in, that's how you and I connected initially and and kind of grew to converse from there. So I put you on the spot earlier, going to do it again. Um, As I'm preparing myself about three months away from the the trip to Orlando here and when we're doing the family movie night thing every Friday to, to get her acclimated to maybe some films that she hasn't seen. So for you, give me your top three films that you like to to visit to get excited about going to the parks. Oh, geez, you really are putting me on the spot. I can't. Oh gosh. Okay, so Beauty and the Beast. First okay. of all, um, She Bell is my favorite. Always has been. I have like that's my first memory of a Disney film that I've ever seen was watching Beauty and the Beast on repeat. Mm-hmm. I, the Toy Story characters are just classic and I don't care who you are, what stage of life that you're in, that you can always find, like count on one of them to just, I don't know, bring you back to like a happy place in time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So probably Beauty and the Beast is one, any of the Toy Story movies is one. And then our daughter is... I don't want to say she's a princess because she's also like not at the same time. She's, she's two and a half and she has very strong opinions, but right now our whole entire world is frozen. Okay. Even though maybe that might not be like my first pick, but watching her engage with it and try to dance and try to sing and try to do all of that. It's pretty special. So those would be my top three. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Our daughter's always leaned more towards Moana than anything, but um, Frozen was certainly up there. And when we did Disneyland, Anna was the first character that she really got to meet. So that was a cool moment for us. So um, Frozen is definitely one of those ones that I think she will demand in terms of as we get closer. What do you want to watch right now? My wife and I are kind of dictating the, the direction we go to get her invested into like maybe some of the older films that she doesn't watch as frequently but but we'll see some of those characters too yeah absolutely uh Mia got like four four princess dresses for Christmas this year and so we have 
probably every day spent time in each of them because you can't just put one princess dress on. You have to put four of them on. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before <laughs> I let you go then, um, you know, take a couple minutes here, plug, you know, where people can find you. I know like myself, you've been very invested in helping transitioning educators find that path. So where they can connect with you uh, and, and anything else that, that you'd like to, to drop before we, we end the episode here. Yeah, absolutely. I am always available on LinkedIn. I'm uh, going to be really honest, have been super busy with my job and I haven't posted a lot, but that doesn't mean that I'm not checking it regularly. I've actually made some really great connections with some transitioning teachers, kind of helping them out. So you can always find me on LinkedIn. Feel free to shoot me a message and I'll get back with you, you know, just as soon as I can. Um, that's another thing, you guys, if you're transitioning teachers, the transitioning teacher community is so open, uh, so kind, so invested in helping each other. So when I say, please get into my DMs, get into my DMs and I, I will send you novels. I will send you Ted talks. You ask me a question, engage with people. I've referred people into my company from DM conversations. And so when, when you see people out there saying that like, Hey, Hey, message me, engage with me on LinkedIn. It's not, it's not for, for clicks and for analytics. It truly, the, the community is there. Leverage that, use that, ask your questions, follow up. And it's, it's really incredible. So yeah, find me on LinkedIn and uh, yeah, let's, let's get some, let's get some teachers transition this year, Matt. Absolutely. For transitioning teacher and for Disney advice. And Disney advice. Yes. <laughs> Always. Right. Appreciate you jumping on and, and appreciate the idea for the topic. I think it's one that a lot of people will gain value from. If you're not already subscribed, go ahead. However you're consuming this, whether it's through listening, watching us on YouTube, watching a snippet on LinkedIn, appreciate you taking some time to, to hear what we have to say. And we'll be back Next week, um, I will have my returning guest, Tyrena. She and I are actually going to do a mock interview for uh, an ed tech type of role. So if you're interested in what that looks like, make sure to check that out as well. Otherwise, have a great week. We'll see you next Monday.